and we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart and the other co-host, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, good sir. It is officially, I'm going to say it, You're. I'm going to, the off season. But so come into the 2024 preseason, uh, Joe, it is among us. Uh, yeah, first real off season of us doing the show because like last year we started in the off season and that was kind of our you know our slow little build up until we got to this point so i'm excited for that i think we can uh, you know we've got plenty of time to spew as much nonsense as we can possibly fit in over the, the next eight months or so i will say weird feeling today it's a really weird feeling because of all of the michigan fans that are so pissed off at me and, and they all forgot that i was the only idiot out there that was defending Michigan after the scandal. I was the only moron that was willing to defend Jim Harbaugh and saying that what they did was not a big deal. But, you know, I guess I'm a jackass now because I picked Washington to win. I don't know, just such a such a strange turn, uh, turning of a page today. Yeah, I mean, look, I went into the comments today because I, I really thought that they'd be blistering me for whatever reason. They've been on my case all year. No, they're killing goodness, me. Like over 300 comments. They're they're after you, man. But look, we'll do some uh, some quick recap on Michigan. Uh, quick recap of the game, very quickly, and just some more things. Now that we're uh, about 24 hours, you know, a little bit 24 hours since the game kicked off last night. Uh, some more thoughts on that. Are they the favorite in the Big Ten for the 2024 year? Uh, we'll touch on that uh, as well. Quinchon Juckins with the ultimate troll uh, at the end of the game, committing to Ohio State. Joe, I, I got to ask a, a very serious question. Does does Ohio State have the best backfield in the country now? Well, I don't totally know what's happening with Travion Henderson. Um, I, I It seems like some people believe he's coming back. I don't think that there's been a, a real announcement. But, I mean, regardless, him being the lead back, I think he's the perfect player. For that offense, I, I mean, talk about a home run. I, I know that Ohio State fans assume that I hate them. I just don't like Will Howard. I think that Quinshawn Judkins is far more significant of an addition than you know anything you do in that quarterback room. Well, and look, they're going to hire an offensive coordinator. Let's see what they do there. Uh, but I do think it's obviously a significant pickup. I, I do think if, if Henderson stays, you know, obviously it, injuries have kind of kept him out. After that big freshman year, I think he had like 1,200 yards in his freshman year uh, mm-hmm. and 19 touchdowns. And uh, But let's see. I, I do think if he ultimately does come back, which is looking like he is, um, that, he, that they could have the best backfield in the country and maybe even rival the national champion uh, in the Michigan Wolverines. Joe, that's not all we got to touch on. Bama is going to be replacing their defensive coordinator as Kevin Steele announced right before the national championship game, the ultimate Bama thing. I think ever making more things about them um, announces that he's just going to retire. Now I like Kevin Steele. have known Kevin since he was the DC at LSU. Um, but look, really good career, really good coach. Um, and he's going to go ahead and retire. So now Bama uh, is underway for their coaching search at the DC. Yeah. I don't think uh, any Alabama fans should be worried about the outcome of this. They're going to be able to pick whoever they want, just like we watched LSU do that with Blake Baker. There's going to be a long list of guys. And the craziest part, we're going to talk about some of these candidates, Blake. A lot of them are just on the staff. A a lot of former head coaches 
and big name coaches, former big name players. There's so many people that are tied to this Alabama program that are going to make it so easy for Nick Saban to just plug and play whoever he wants, like he already did with Kevin Steele when he uh, when he hired him last cycle. Yeah, I mean, he is known uh, from time to time, clearly, to promote you know people. Um, but look, I, I will say this: there is another name there too, uh, in DJ Durkin, who was the um, Texas A&M defensive coordinator, uh, former Maryland head coach. We'll talk about him because it was, yep. you know, I think Brandon Marcello of two four seven reported that he would be the lead guy uh, in that role. So we'll touch on all those staff hires. And, and you know, look, you go there to run Saban's defense, man. I, I mean, it's just it is what it is. You, you know, you can think you're going to come in there and do some good things. And and here's here's another question: what's the what's the status of Jeremy Pruitt? You know, right. what, is, what is the status of Jeremy Pruitt? That's the number one question that I, I have right now. Like, when the news broke, I pointed to the, my computer. And I'm like, Jeremy Pruitt. You know, like, I mean, that was exactly <laughs> what I did. Uh, but I think he's got a show cause. I think he had to be a year. Um, uh, uh, he had a year show cause. I'm not sure how all that works, but we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later here. Joe, we're already not even six minutes into the show, and we got our first Super Chat. From Wicked Bronco Productions with a $10 Super Chat says, I believe that Mike Denbrock turns Riley Leonard into a Heisman candidate and Freeman goes 12-0 with how easy our schedule is. Notre Dame versus Georgia and Donati, although Notre Dame versus Michigan or LSU would break college football. Later part of that, a little, little too spicy for me. I like Notre Dame to make the playoff and to win their first game. I don't know if they're there just yet, just from a program building standpoint, it, it, it takes a while. And this is going to be something that we, when we kind of share that additional recap, something I'm going to bring up, but the, the, the Heisman thing, like LSU fans, I jokingly tweeted it out, but I had a lot of LSU fans giving me shit for, for making that statement and saying that Riley Leonard deserves or, or not deserves, but could end up in the Heisman conversation. Is it likely? Probably not a ton because it's going to be first year for both of these guys back at Notre Dame. And Riley Leonard is only going to have had one year in that offensive system for him to hit the ground running that much with some question marks at some of those skill position spots. I don't know about that, but is there a realistic world? It happens. Yeah, absolutely. He got a ton out of Desmond Ritter and he turned Jane Daniels into a a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. It's it's plausible. And Riley Leonard is very physically talented as just a quarterback prospect standpoint. I, I don't think it's impossible. Um, here's the only thing that I, I, I will say. Do I think that Riley Leonard has the traits to be there? Yes, I agree with you. I think that they can make the playoff. I, I think, Joe, for me, the number one thing that I, I think that people don't like miss in all of this uh, is, number one, just how different it was with Jaden and his ability to run. I know Riley Leonard can run. Don't Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The dude has graded out this year as the fastest quarterback in college football's history since they started the miles mile-per-hour tracker, okay? Okay. At 20, almost 23 miles an hour is 22.9 miles per hour. That's number one. Even if you don't agree with what I just said with, uh, with Jaden in the running, which I think you'd be ludicrous not to, 
you just don't like if you're expecting, okay, that offense at LSU, Joe, he's got two top 15 picks at wide receiver, two. Okay, and Brian Thomas uh, and Malik Neighbors. I mean, didn't you have Brian Thomas in your top 20, if I'm not mistaken? Like, I haven't. I haven't dropped the top 20 yet, so no. Well, so he was in the top 15 because you did have Malik and you did have Brian Thomas Jr. in there. I didn't – well, okay, I had Malik. I haven't dropped Yeah, the, you had uh, you had BTJ at 15. I didn't drop did, – yeah, it wasn't me. I didn't drop anything yeah. yet, so that wasn't me. <laughs> no, you don't remember? It was Joe DeLeon's top top 15 picks. Believe ran, believe ran it. You're talking about the – Oh, you're talking about the mock the mock draft that I did. Yeah, the I mock had, draft. You had, had Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors in the first round. I didn't have Brian Thomas in my first oh, round. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. well, you better put him in the first round because he's gonna run that he's gonna get there at the combine at 6'4, 215 pounds, and he's gonna run a four four flat. Uh, I I've heard very positive things. <laughs> I, I I think it's probably gonna happen. Wait till he hits his vert, Joe. He might break the combine record. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me either. He says Notre Dame has championship level defense, though. Again, you, Wicked, I'm not, and I know you just sent a super chat. I'm not trying to argue with you here. We got lots we got to discuss. You're moving the goalpost on the defense. I just said you were in the playoff, right? Again, if you think that you're going to replace what Jane Daniels did or if that's where Riley Leonard's going to go, okay, good on you. I, I disagree with you. All right. Tons and tons and tons to discuss. Joey, have no time to waste. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Do us a favor if you haven't done so already. If you're on Facebook, hit the like and share. Share to all those social media groups uh, if you're on Facebook. Uh, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. Joe, already only nine days in to January and 400 subscribers in the month. Thank you guys so much. Just do us that favor. It's it's what I say every time. A college football fan is born every time you hit the subscribe mm-hmm. button uh, to Rafino and Joe Show. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe, we greatly appreciate that. We'll be right back. We got tons to discuss. Don't go anywhere. We do that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 that's believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero to receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag betonline.ag we're back Texas isn't. Um, I'm so glad. I'm so excited, Joe, that I get to say that because we said that all offseason, or I got to say that all offseason last year. Uh-huh. Um, so glad that they did not make the national title because I would not have been able uh, <laughs> to say that. But, Joe, we're not here to talk about Texas. We're actually here to start off with to talk about Michigan. Joe, let me, let me say this. Went back and watched the game uh, today. Uh, l- there's one thing that I want to combat you on from our conversation last night. You ready? If it's Michael Penix's injury, I'm just going to not Okay, respond. can I just say one thing? Michael Penix sure wasn't injured when he ran down a DB to make a tackle. 
That ankle sure was fine when he did oh, that. Oh, okay. All right. That's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say, man. He the the guy was going hard. I, I I'm not saying he was, he was too injured to pause. I mean, I'm not saying he was too injured to play in the football game. I'm saying that his injury impacted his capability in the game. And that was, you know, that was where we started yelling at each other. Uh, Blake, I did have one thought, though, after the fact that, like, really, you know, sunk in this morning. Um, one thing I didn't, I, you know, I really discounted and I wish I didn't. I think that one thing that's become so clear for a national championship winning team especially in the modern era to win one you need to have developed and built a culture over multiple years. I, I saw what Michigan has done. It has been a long time for them to get to this point. It, it yeah. took a lot of recruiting cycles. It took a lot of culture changes, identity changes, bolstering along the offensive and defensive lines. They built their identity over a lot of reps and it took multiple years of especially over the past few falling short them coming back into winter lift saying we just got our asses kicked by georgia we just got our asses kicked by tcu we're not letting that happen again and i think that that was the that, that was the real big factor because they looked calm and collected no matter what had happened in that game as a big of an achievement as it was over the last two years to see tcu and washington get there in a short amount of time, I, I you just can't pick teams that have only had a couple of seasons under a new head coach. And I regret, I kind of regret doing that. I got all in on the vibes and I didn't bother to think about the program back building back angle. Years, it's not like you hadn't done it before, you know, and back to back years got in on the vibes of TCU uh, yeah, yeah. and Washington. Joe, I, I think if they continue now, there's something I'm, we're going to discuss later and I hate to continue to bring it up. But the physicality, the way that they play, you know, well, they have a lot to rebuild from. You know, do they have a lot of guys leaving? Yes. But I, I, I think that they this is sustainable. I think that they've recruited well enough. Joe, I, quite honestly, I think they develop well enough, right? Like, I, I think that Michigan's never really in the top five in recruiting, which tells me one thing. They recruit well. They identify and develop and rec and and coach really well. Yeah, the physicality that I saw from them. Okay, Joe. They came into the playoff as the number two total defense. T two. Now they had two games, right? Two extra games in Penn State and leapfrogged them to be the best defense in the country. There was something that we talked about in the in, in the in the preseason, and I can't believe I got away from it. I think because of the bright lights of the season, I, I I walked back and I didn't remember. I didn't think about it. Joe, do you remember the conversation that we had that I thought that college football was back to run the football in defense? Joe, you have three teams, or three teams but four national titles that were won by teams that were the better running team and the better defense. You know – Everything is so innovative in today's sport. Spread them out, zone read, RPO. What have we seen from the last four champions? And before you say that Alabama was not like that, let me refresh your memory. No, they were. I don't. I don't disagree. I'm not. They ran the that. ball with Najee Harris. I think Najee yeah. got like two thousand yards in a or close to two thousand yards in a COVID season. Joe, they were out of pistol. 
they would go under center sometimes. The best offensive line in the country that year was actually Alabama. So I think that, honestly, this is sustainable because what have we seen? Joe, the teams in the last four natties that had the better defense and the better running game won. And I could make the argument, it's been the last five years, but I can't do that with LSU in 2019 because, I mean, they threw the ball 60 times a game, not really. But you get what? But they ran the ball for over two thousand yards, or had, or, or three thousand yards. Excuse me, in that season. So uh, they ran the football very effectively. So I mm. do think that that's something that you can lean your or tip your or put your hat on that lean on to because you're going to have really good defense and you're going to be able to run the football. And I think that's why it's sustainable for Michigan. I, I disagree. Slightly, I don't think that it has to check the box of running the football, playing good defense. I think the the real specific key factor over this cycle, it's the teams with the best defensive lines. It's the teams with the best front sevens because there are so many teams in college football and there is a limited amount of defensive line talent that is available for teams to accrue and develop and build. And the teams that have dominated are the ones that have had the best defensive lines that have been able to to physically dominate whatever offensive line they're going up against. And I also add in there, I think the teams with the best offensive lines, at least a top five offensive line, is a, a required um, piece to have to being a national championship winning team. But I, I think that we're going to eventually get back to having a squad that throws the football, you know, a ton. The, a team like Washington could get the job done if they had a better defensive line. I just don't think that their defensive line was anywhere near good enough to step up to the plate when they had to face a team that ran the ball really well. Joe, I I, I can't disagree defensive line because I think you could go back to 2018 when Clemson won it and, and say the exact same thing. The better defensive line has won it. But I'm not going to take anything away from Michigan secondary, even though I no, don't no. have faith in them. I, I, I mean – but can you do you not see a pattern though over the last four years? I, I mean, I I just think that How that's can you been, not see that there's a pattern. Please tell me I'm not crazy. There's uh, clearly a pattern. You're, you're not crazy. But I know I'm not I just crazy. I just think that it happens to be that way because those were the best teams in college football. I, I don't think that that's the new standard. You know, I don't think that that's what's there's always going to be wide swinging pendulums for what works and eventually we're going to start going back to and teams are going to try to build deep passing attacks like what Washington put together you know that 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 in, in reality is a way to counter good defensive lines is to get the ball out quick and attack the ball down you know attack downfield I, I think eventually we're probably going to get back to that no um let me let me just <laughs> I, I'm just so impressed by the way that they did it. You know, like they – I know it wasn't flashy, but you know what, Joe? You know what's crazy? I don't think Michigan ever really played a, a – you know, maybe – what was their best game of the year? What was Michigan's best game? Because uh, – you know you know, Ohio you know, State. All right, so Ohio State. Well, I think it – you know, you can make the argument it was even Bama, but it wasn't. Joe, they, they made a made, bunch of special teams errors. Yeah, so they made so Ohio many State. mistakes in this playoff – Joe just shows how talented they were, right? Like they could get away with things that teams, honestly, anywhere else, any other team couldn't get away with. 
And so they have dominated on both lines of scrimmage, and that won them a national title. I think they're really well coaching. I think Mentor, Elston, and the boys on the defensive side, dude, they're just so well coached, and they develop really well. So good for Michigan. Let me ask you this. Going into 2024, what's your thoughts on Michigan? Are they – let me ask this. Let me ask you this way. Has the tip – uh, the cap officially or the 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 pendulum, if you will, officially gone from Ohio State to Michigan? And what do you think about 2024? Are they the favorites now in the Big Ten? Yeah. Um, to answer your first part, yes, Michigan is now the team to beat in the Big Ten. Obviously, they have earned – the right to say we're the favorite entering 2024, no matter what, no matter any factors that come into play here, they, no matter what, deserve to, to lead the conversation. But I will say, and I will come here and bring to the table, it depends on what happens with a number of guys that are draft eligible and that decide to declare. There are a lot of guys in their front seven, in, the, in their defensive line, their linebackers, not so much their secondary. A lot of those corners are coming back, especially Will Johnson, because they're underclassmen. But if a lot of those defensive players leave and they go on to the NFL, reloading in one year is going to be really difficult. It, it just is. It, they have recruited well, but not to the level that Georgia has where they can just immediately turn around. And Georgia had a slightly down year defensively because they had to do that much of a turnaround because they sent so many guys to the NFL. Mason Graham coming back is huge. But the other parts of this, what happens with Donovan Edwards? Are they starting fresh at running back? Because if right. Donovan Edwards declares, Blake Corum's gone as well, they're completely starting over. The big, big one here is J.J. McCarthy. I don't know. That Orgy that, can play. He's a good football player, but like we haven't really been exposed to him very much as a passer outside of him running the football. I, I had my whole spiel on J.J. yesterday. I think that if he goes back, it really helps them because it gives them one more offseason to develop, improve his decision-making, improve his instincts. If he goes back, I'm willing to sit here and say, yes, Michigan will win the Big Ten in 2024. If he does not, it becomes a massive question mark. I don't know, Joe. So I, I'm going to cop out here, but I'm going to give you a, a damn strong reason. And you brought up a little – but you said that how many guys go into the draft. But let me – let me change that. I, 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 I'm not going to say that the baton is fully given over from Ohio State to Michigan for this one reason, okay? Because I don't know the status of Harbaugh. All right? I, players are one thing. Uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even bring that you know, up. <laughs> so the reason why I'm not willing to do that yet is – and I know that Michigan has beaten – Okay, Ohio State the last three years. I'm also old enough to remember and don't have, you know, tunnel vision that in 2022, Georgia was a field goal away from losing to Ohio State in the playoff. Like, just because they're losing to Michigan, who wind up being a national champion later down the line, literally this year, I, I, I'm not going to do that just yet. Because if Harbaugh does leave, let's just say hypothetically he goes to the Chargers. Are you going to put all of your eggs in a basket that now that they run the Big Ten with Jerome Moore, who quite honestly, with it being his ship, because, Joe, here's, here's the issue that I have that nobody really thinks about. It's not, so fact, it's not so much the fact that Jerome Moore, 
I don't think Sharon Moore won't be a good head coach because I think that he will be a really good head coach. You know what the problem I have with that? Let's say Jesse Minter wants to go somewhere else. Let's say he follows Harbaugh to the NFL. He's never hired a D.C. before, ever. He's never hired anybody before. So there's a completely different overhaul that happens there that where I just can't, for me, get to that level yet. Because if you're looking from a, a decade past, I don't know if you can if you can do that. I also think that you have really good teams coming into the Big Ten. Obviously, Oregon, Washington, you have USC and UCLA. There's a lot of opponents out there to where I just don't know. And I know that a national – like, if I knew that Harbaugh was coming back, I might would lean yes. But because of the fact that I don't know his status, right? Sharon Moore could be, or even Mentor. Like, even if Mentor is the guy that they wind up appointing for yeah. whatever reason, there is no way for me, Joe, at this current moment that I can be serious and say, no, you've overtaken Ohio State. Because you know what, Joe? At the end of it all, at the end of it all, if Ohio State beats them next year and winds up winning the Big Ten, how surprised would you be? Uh... I, I wouldn't be, but it's just you because of how be. competitive that rivalry is. It's less to do with full confidence that Michigan can't beat them, and rather just because the you know the rivalry is what it is. It's, one last it's thing, tested. Right. Yeah, one last thing. What's going to happen with the Big Ten and the NCAA in this investigation? Well, so that's something that was brought up to me today that could happen here. Say Harbaugh goes to the NFL like we're, we're predicting on this show. There's a realistic possibility that Michigan could say, we're not going to promote anyone in-house and we're not going to let anybody of the previous coaching staff stick around because we want to completely purge ourselves of any connection to any of this. You guys won the national championship and it was an amazing accomplishment and we're so happy that we did it because we can end on a high note. But we have to turn the page and we have to start fresh with somebody completely different. So that's another factor here, too, is how much does that affect the current roster if they have to completely start over from scratch? And that is, you know, that's the doomsday scenario, but it's on the table. It's absolutely on the table. Remind me in the break, I got to tell you something, um, something that we missed that we need to touch on. Um, so, yeah, I, I, look, I, 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 I'm with you. Okay, in the sense of that, that could be some, that they. I, I just don't see them firing the whole staff. I, I really don't. I think they'll put everything at the at the feet of, of Harbaugh and say sorry. Like, I, like I really do. I, I, I really, really do. And why wouldn't they? And you know what? Harbaugh would say, "Okay, do it." He, he would. He would literally say, "Do it." Now, I. I Look, I hate that for Michigan fans to some extent. I I, I know that you're, you're relving in your national title. Look, I've been there. Actually, I've been there three times. No, actually, more than that because of baseball, but multiple times in the last five years. Actually, three times in the last five years, I've been exactly where you're at. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, though, Joe, I'm just I'm not. This is Ohio State's conference until otherwise. Until I know what happens with with Harbaugh in the boys. Um, one quick topic I think we need to add here. Uh, it was reported this morning that, uh, 
Hugh Freeze is going to call his own plays. Let's do that. Let's add that to our list here of him wanting to call his own plays. We don't have to be long, but I forgot about that and forgot to send it to you. Speaking of Ohio State, you want to get to Quenchon Juckins? Uh, well, wait, do, before we jump to anything else, do you want to do the um, – Oh, 2024. Yeah, yeah early yeah, favorites. We can do that. Okay. So, Joe, we do this – we did this last year, so I can't say we do this every year, but it, it's something that we did last year. We thought to, to bring it back here. Who are our favorites for the 2024 national title? Uh, Joe, I'll let you go first. Who are some teams that, that you're looking for? Who is your preseason top six, if you will, teams that can win the Natty in 24? Uh, I've got a top three, and as anyone can imagine that tunes into the show, you know that I'm going to be on some bullshit with some of the picks that I'm going to throw out here. But first yeah, one's the obvious one. Like Oregon or, or, or Liberty or some stupid shit. Oh, you know Liberty is the number one that I have. No, obviously not. The number one most obvious one has to be Georgia. Georgia – obviously sends to the NFL important players like Lad McConkey and, and Brock Bowers and Amarius Mims. But man, there has not been a better program in the past five years than Georgia in terms of recruiting and building and adding to their defensive line, adding to the linebacker room, adding to their secondary front to back. This team is monstrous defensively and offensively. Most of their offensive line returns, most of their key offensive linemen return. And they've got, in my opinion, the best returning quarterback in the country. I think that Carson Beck showed us so many amazing things this season for his capabilities as a young passer in his first season as the starting quarterback in games where they were down multiple receivers, multiple running backs. He stepped up and did so much for that team, and I think next year is going to be eye-opening for his capabilities as a player. They check the boxes that I look for now in these national championship teams that I'm not going to get duped with, uh, that I got duped with Washington. Defensive line and quarterback play. The other two, Oregon, I am I'm very impressed with the offseason and the recruiting that Dan Lanning has done over the past couple of years. And I feel like we're starting to see, as we talked about, them building themselves to a point, Blake, that they are stout along the defensive line. Most of their offensive linemen, both of their tackles are coming back, which is massive. And yep. to bring in Dylan Gabriel, who was one of the better quarterbacks in the country, uh, that is going to be a perfect fit for this offense is massive for Oregon. And then the last one is a team that we have completely hyped up, Ole Miss. I, I mean, they, that is the best portal haul, and they are this year's version of Florida State. I know that everyone's going to sit and do the whole clown clowning thing on, on Lane Kiffin and say, no, he's just going to only win 10 games this year. Bullshit. This is one of the most talented rosters that Ole Miss has ever had, even without Quinchon Judkins. That receiver room, Jackson Dart coming back for his third year. That defensive line is ridiculous. They're going to be, in my opinion, the second team to beat in the SEC in 2024. So I I wrote down six here, Joe, in, in my notes, mainly due to the fact that we have a playoff. And I do think that anything can happen in playoffs. Now, do I think that college football will be chalky because of this? Because it normally is usually chalky to teams. That recruit better along the lines of scrimmage and are better there normally win, okay, regardless of the year. Uh, you name two of them. Obviously, I don't think that you can keep out Georgia at all, right? Like, I, I think that Georgia uh, is a team that when you look at them, not just on paper, Joe, but the way that they're recruiting, the depth that they're bringing in, and Joe, quite honestly, I think they have two or three freshmen, even on the defensive side of things, even though they had a lot of dudes at the portal, Joe, they can come right in uh, and play. 
The question I do have is what they how do they replace replace some of the offensive weapons? I know they got the the white kid wide receiver from Vandy. I, I know that they have some options here, but I do think that they're going to be better defensively in the front seven, believe it or not. I don't think Kirby you're not going to catch Kirby slipping in back-to-back years the way that or, or, or the way that he looked this year at times in that front seven and you know what you're going to get in the secondary. They're going to be really good. They continue to bring in five stars there. I do agree with Ole Miss. I do think that the Quinchon Junkins thing is a big deal. I think it's a massive deal, if I'm being honest. And mainly due to the fact of what the way that thing, the lane, the what lane runs and watching him religiously in the South, he is an RPO guy. And Joe, I got to be honest, they're not. Now, do I think that they will get a running back or two, maybe in the portal? Now or when it comes to spring, yes. They're not ready at that position group. And and I got to be real with you, too. I don't know how much they're ready along their offensive line. Okay, so are they on the cusp and have the talent that where I think that they could get into the playoffs, maybe even make a little bit of a push? Yes. I think that their floor could be 10-2 and at worst because of the defensive talent that they have. I think that there's something to be said, though, Joe. If they face a team like an Alabama or a like Alabama in the SEC championship game, or they face a Georgia, okay, and which they do this year, how they play LSU, what do they look like now when they have a new DC and Blake Baker? All I'm saying is they do have an offensive line that I think is very beatable. Okay, that would be my only hurdle is what they do on the offensive line and the offensive side of things. that that I'm not saying they can't win it. I'm not saying they can't get okay. there. All I'm saying is it they're on the cusp. They're like number they're like the 16 for me. Six, five or 16 for me because I don't think and here's another thing, Joe, when if they have some injuries, which they will have injuries throughout the season, you know they got true freshmen backing them up. So there comes a part where yes, their frontline talent and some position groups is elite. You start getting that two and three, you ain't there yet. So I do think that that is a pause for concern for me. I I, I don't disagree on the offensive line thing because it hasn't been their strong suit since Lane has been there, and it's taken them some time. Maybe we see a transition for them, but I, I really don't think the Quinn John Judkins things it, it's going to hurt them. I, I think that Lane Kiffin is creative enough of an offensive mind to still get this, you know, this team to where they were. I mean, Ole Miss was better this year, despite Quinshawn Judkins having a down year. Quinshawn Judkins had a worse season statistically across the board than what he had in his true freshman season. It was yeah, like 300 yards less. Road. It was a, a whole one yard per carry less than he had the previous season. He, he wasn't himself. I don't know if he was banged up or whatnot. They have other backs. I, I think that he's a three-star too. He was a former three-star. If anyone's going to turn a running back into a star, it's Lane Kiffin. Yeah, but that goes – but, but, but. That goes to a point that I would like to make in reference to – okay, do you remember that two-lane game? Yeah. I do. Do you remember when he was getting the ball, getting hit in the backfield? Like, they had offensive line issues more than they had Quinshawn Juckin issues. Okay? I'm not saying that he was bad. I'm just saying that – no, I don't think his, I get he's a good player, 
He's a good player. I just don't know if he's in that elite threshold where it's like, oh my God, they're what without him. Last, what did you say last night to me? Running backs in college football are more important than they are in the NFL. I did say that two shows ago. I did say that. Damn, it's like I'm an uh, I'm an attorney and using your own but words against you in the court of law. So help me God. I think that my argument applied from a monetary standpoint that if you need to add Quinshawn Judkins, it's important. But it, with an offensive mind like Lane Kiffin, I'm not I'm not worried about it. All right, two teams that I do think are sleepers. You ready for them? All right, I, I'm I'm turning the I'm turning the show upside down. I know that you're not going to agree with this one, okay? But remember, just always remember your boy was on to one when he said Missouri last year. I think Tennessee is going to be a lot better, a, a, a lot better, because I think they upgraded at quarterback. I think they still have recruited really well along their defensive side. They had the same issue as, as Ole Miss, their offensive line, they like, you know, maybe they get a Lancer from LSU, the former five-star kid. Let's see what they do along the offensive line. Joe, their quarterback play took a took a massive step forward with Nico. Yeah, J J Joe Milton was dog shit. Nico is un shit. A, a true freshman played with the poise that he did against that Iowa defense. I like that. I I really do like that 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 Tennessee deserves recognition for how much better they could. And it all comes down to Nico. Heupel is a coach that needs a good quarterback, and that yep. team could say he's better than Hendon Hooker. He, you know, he he has capability. He to definitely be has better up more upside than him. That's Hooker, what I mean. Sure. Yes, that's that's yeah. What I he's mean. not better than him yet, but he definitely has some upside. All right, uh, Gavin stole my other one. He stole my biggest sleeper because you know how big of an Arizona fan I am. Oh, okay, Let's you're on crack. I I have so Wildcats. I have been moderately tried to to be respectful of you having some crazy takes other than arguing with you. You're on crack. Arizona is not in the conversation at all, nor should they ever be in the conversation whatsoever. Joe, what conference are they in next year? They're in the Big 12. Okay. Here's what I'll tell you. I think I think that they can make a run in the Big 12. Can they make a run in the Big 12? Yes. Can they so, go to which the college football playoff? Yes. Top 12 team, okay, and anything happens in the playoff. Not a single Let's Big go. 12. Wow. I'm going to call a, Fish tonight. I'm going to call Fish, my, my man Fish tonight and say, you know what? Joe DeLeon thinks that you can't make a national title next yeah, year. Yeah, I don't think that they can. Not a, not yeah, I'm going to make that phone call. Not a single Big 12 team will be able to sniff the national championship next year. Not, there's not going to be a single one that's good enough to be in the conversation. They'd be like number 10 for me if I were to put together a list. N not not unreasonable, but the likelihood of it happening is probably 1%. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you on Oregon. Clearly, you know how much I, I, I like Dan Lanning uh, specifically. Can I tell you another that I, I, I'm really keeping my eye on, and I, I do it every year, and God bless me, I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to keep my eyes on Clemson. I, 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 re I really am. Because I don't – look, I, I don't know why I do it. Now, you know who's recruiting at a high level through the portal? Again, it's not, it's not Clemson. It's Florida State. Right. That, <laughs> but we haven't really talked about this. Maybe we, we get to it tomorrow or something. Florida State literally said, all right, you guys don't think that 
you know, we, we're not playing in the SEC. We're not good enough. Okay, we're just going to go take all the, the Alabama kids that hopped in the portal. And we're just going to, you know, line them up. They're going to be our big next year's starting tackle today. And uh, the former West Virginia kid, I can't say his last name. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see there, man. We'll see. I mean, I, I really don't have a lot of faith. I mean, Tennessee and um, Florida State slash Clemson make a lot of sense to me as a team that I th- because I do think that there'll be a team that comes out of the ACC, you know, and maybe you're an injury way. And I do think, Joe, as much as you hate what I'm about to say, I do think that there's something to be said and getting a fifth year quarterback. Like I, I, I oh, for Florida state. Yeah. Yeah. Florida, like, and so you getting a fifth year guy, a guy that knows the conference and DJ, um, let's see what happens there. Because I do, I do think, I do think Florida State what they are doing and implementing could be sustainable. Now, do I think that they have the same team that they had this year? No, but Joe, I don't think they have to. I, I, I legitimately don't think that they have to because again, they could get in the playoff, and when that team gets in the playoff, if they play really good defense, there is no telling what they could do because hypothetically, if they're five again, let's just say that they're number five again. Joe, they're playing Liberty. So then you get to a place where Florida State is going to get kicked the dog shit out of the group of five opponent that they have to play, and then what? So then you're in a group of eight, okay, and there's no telling what will happen. I, I, I don't disagree with the Florida State one. I hate the Clemson one, though, because – I, I didn't say they'd be in there. I said I'm going to keep yeah. my eye on them. Okay, fair. I just would like to add this here before we move to the next topic. We talked about, we haven't really spent much time this offseason yet, how Dabo needed to go in the portal. And you know what he didn't do? Go in the fucking portal. He, what do you, what's happening? Oh my God, what is that? <laughs> right when I say the F word too, I can't even hear me, but it doesn't matter. I know he can't. Tell him what's up, Spider-Man. Oh, my God. Okay, go. Close the door. <laughs> he comes in. He goes, I'm Spider-Man. I'm like, no, you sound like Batman is who you sound like. You know, that's what I was trying to laugh. <laughs> he's he's um, better at the impressions. <laughs> yes, indeed, he does. All right, let's do this. We got to talk about Bama, D.C. Okay, Quinchon Juckins, and then Hugh Free says he's calling plays. We do that next. Let's talk about our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. Don't go anywhere. Do us a favor in the in, during the break. Hit the like and share. Share to all those groups and social media pages. If you're on Facebook, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, we'll be back in just a second. We got some more things we got to discuss. We do that next. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. 
Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. So after we're going to punt the uh, Hugh Freeze thing, by the way, guys, after the national title game, Joe, yesterday, last night, Quinshawn Juckins, the former Ole Miss running back, commits to Ohio State. Uh, what are your thoughts on the big-time SEC back heading up north into the Big Ten at two Ohio State? Yeah, in terms of skill set, in terms of the type of a player he is, I, I think he's a perfect fit for Ohio State. I think that this move is far more significant uh, than the Will Howard move. I, and I, everyone was upset that I said that Will Howard was a lateral move and it's not much of an upgrade. Well, the way that you make your offense better is by adding a really talented back. And I think that we were robbed a little bit of what Quinshawn could be last year because of Old Miss's offensive line struggling a bit. And I think placing him in a scenario where he's going to be on a team with a, with a good offensive mind that is going to be building that offense and a strong offensive line going up against weaker opponents in the Big Ten. I think Quinshawn Judkins is in a position to have a ridiculous type of a season. Uh, it kind of gives me some shades of Ezekiel Elliott and the way that he played a few uh, a few years ago when he was with the Buckeyes. Quinshawn Judkins is going to have a massive year this year. I don't know what happens with Travion Henderson. I don't know if he declares for the NFL draft. Maybe this is a catalyst or a reason why they they went after Quinshawn Judkins. But this is this is huge. This is really, really huge in how you counter uh, to uh, Michigan winning a national title. I'm sure that's not the first time you've said that's really huge. Pause. All right. Um, Ohio State fans, let us know in the chat, but I'm just going to act like Henderson does return because he hasn't technically declared yet. I know if somebody's re-watching this video, they'd be like, oh, Blake, you declared, you dummy. Well, at the time that we're you know on the live stream on this, he hasn't. Joe, I think they got the best running, one of the best running games in the country with this addition. But with that does come Will Howard. Again, I do not think that you have taken fully into account the amount of times that he got sacked last year at Kansas State, to some of it his own volition. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Joe, he still had 81 carries for 351 yards and nine touchdowns. Like, I, I do think that Ryan Day is serious when he says, now, we want to run the football and be physical and be really good on defense. I 1,000% I, I, I believe that's what he's going to do. Now, I, I got to pitch another thing. I think that this opens up more lanes to some extent, pun intended too, for a guy like Quinshawn Juckins. Like, I, I, I do in the sense of I don't think he plays the opponents that he's got to play like he would play at old, against or when he's at Ole Miss. He doesn't. He could have a breakout year. And if they add Henderson – Joe, you got a guy that had 926 yards this year and was hurt for games. His freshman year, he had over 1,200 yards and 19 touchdowns. But they, to me, are, are – you can make the argument, if Henderson does not come out, okay, and go to the draft, Joe, they're the best running back room in the country. They have the best one-two punch in the country. Name another. Name another. Like, there I is – can't off the top of my head. You can't because here's the truth. Either, number one, these guys are really young and you haven't experienced it, okay, and you hadn't seen them do it. You know what you're getting in Henderson. You know what you're going to get in Will Howard, even though I think more than you that he does take a step forward because of the weapons that he has around him. Bottom line is, Joe, for me, okay, I, I think it's a massive addition. You're adding a guy 
that last year had over 1,200 total yards and had 17 touchdowns in the SEC. By the way, for the first three weeks, his offensive line couldn't block a soul to save their lives. No. Chuckins is a really, really good back, a, a massive addition for Ohio State. And looks like that – I hate to say it like this, but that Quinchon got his money. Yeah, actually, I, that's a really good part of this. I, I wonder – how much money he took? Reeks. You know what? The first thing I thought about last night on the live show when you brought it up, and I didn't want to say it because I wanted to process it before I did. Reeks of desperation if they paid him the money that I think that they paid him. I I would doubt. I would doubt that they were they gave him that one point three number because that's no. I'm talking about this. I'm talking about like six hundred thousand. Oh, I don't think that's unreasonable. I think I that's think a good it's number to give unreasonable him. for a back. I disagree. I think for getting a guy that's ran as much as he has uh, and, and the amount of yards that he has, I think it's significant. But again, to just to round out this point, Quinchon Judkins is going to be a catalyst for Ohio State to regain footing as the top team in the Big Ten. He, he is that good of a football player. And I think the biggest testament to this is like this isn't this isn't an Alabama running back that had a really good offensive line or, or a, a back that was on a team that just ran the ball really well because they had a really good you know, group in front of him. We talked about here. He didn't have a lot of good blocking. He had a lot of shit blocking and he still was productive. Like that, that deserves recognition for, for how good he is. Yeah, and, and look, I think that there's a whole other part of his game, Joe, that hasn't been unleashed yet, and that is him in the passing game. Look, he had 22 catches this year and two touchdowns. Okay, I think that Ryan Day has shown in the past that he likes to get backs out there and throw them the ball in the flat. Quinchon Junkins is a massive piece for them. You know what else it does too, Joe? What are you gonna do? Because even if Will Howard isn't the you know isn't the guy, even though he was twenty five and ten this year, if you're facing Ohio State with the dudes that they have on the outside in the running game that they're gonna have, now I think they got to get better along their offensive line. So does a lot of people. Okay, they got to get better. Joe, what do you do to stop them now? Because when you start creeping into that box, you're going to leave on one-on-one opportunities for freak shows on the outside. I think yeah. it, it changes them schematically. Or, Joe, this I had, a, I had an OC. Actually, look, screw it. Joe Brady used to say this all the time when we covered him in LSU. I don't want the defense dictating to me I want to be dictating to the defense, meaning they're going to have to change things up because of what I'm doing. I'm not the other way around. I'm not going to keep a couple more guys in to block for Joe because the defense is sending pressure. No, I'm going to call plays to counteract that. They're, I'm going to dictate the flow of the game here. That's how Joe Brady attacks offenses. And like I, I sat down and talked to the dude. The bottom line comes, the, it changes things for them schematically because of him. Yep. And that's where, for me, it, it takes that second level. All right. Uh, Want to wrap it up here with Alabama's defensive coordinator search? Yes. All right. So over the weekend, actually, not even over the weekend because it was technically a Monday, literally minutes or maybe 30 minutes, I don't even remember, before the national title was kicked off, Joe, it was announced that Kevin Steele, the Alabama D.C., would be retiring. Uh, thoughts on him retiring and some potential guys that they could – Go after in Tuscaloosa, excuse me. Yeah, I think that their success this season, it, it deserves, you know, a lot of it deserves to go to to Kevin Steele and what he did, especially 
I mean, there were a lot of there was a lot of fanfare that people were saying that Kevin Steele was a you know was a lazy hire, was not a good hire for the defensive coordinator position, and they were phenomenal. Um, as I said at the beginning of the show, it's gonna be pretty easy to fill this. It's not gonna take long, and I'm sure that I'm sure that there is going to be a really thought out process, and this is probably not gonna be something immediate like we had last year with with Saban and he really took his time and he really dug dug deep to fill <clears throat> either of those positions. The guys that come to mind, I've got four. Charlie Strong, who I believe is still uh, in an analyst role on the staff as as a very talented defensive mind and has been a really good defensive coordinator at multiple stops. Uh Traverius Robinson, defensive backs coach who at one point Lane Kiffin claimed was the one who was calling the the plays if I remember correctly or am I mixing up with somebody so, right. you know, he's already got a lot of exposure and the development over the past few seasons of these guys that have gone on to the NFL. I mean, he's got two first round corners that are about to go really early in this upcoming draft is really good proof of his prowess. Uh, Glenn Schumann, the defensive coordinator at Georgia. I didn't even know this. He's a he's an Alabama alum. He's He's got a lot of connections to the program. He's a co-DC. He ain't leaving Kirby. Well, he's a co-DC. You never know if he... He's not enticed by like, hey, here's the keys Damn, to the car. Uh, all right, last one. And this fits in the line of what we know Nick Saban to do. If he doesn't promote within, he loves to go to the NFL. And Wink Martindale is looking for a brand new job, who was the Giants defensive coordinator. And he parted ways with the team. He was not let go. He was not fired. He chose it was best for him to move on because of a uh, a cultural disagreement. But the only reason why they stayed in games was because of Wink Martindale. So those are those are my four. I don't think Martindale would be the one or like Saban dictating to him what he's going to call and what he's going to run. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> disagree that he would be an option. Have you seen this? A uh, very quick joke. Have you seen this Bill Belichick uh, being the next D.C. at Alabama? I, uh, I'm not even, not even, not even going to acknowledge not that. Even, I know, but it's just so goddamn funny. You know, to think about that because of, obviously, their connection. Uh, this is not my reporting. I, I don't know who the next DC is going to be, but I think it was Brandon Marcello of 247 reported that DJ Durkin, the former A&M DC, um, former Maryland head coach, uh, former Ole Miss co-defensive uh, uh, coordinator, too, in 20 and 21. Um, Joe, look, I, I think even DJ Durkin makes him sense, Okay. Uh, for their D.C. role. Look, it's not as if that he's not going to have talent at Alabama because he's going to have massive amounts of talent. But you know what the big thing is for me, too? He he played a he had a team in A&M that had the talent and prospects, and he did a lot of things good defensively. Joe, they were a top-20 defense with a very chaotic offense, which probably makes the defense look even better. They were tied for 34th in scoring, 37 in the pass game, 13th in the running game. 18th on third down, but Joe, the biggest thing for me, they were top 10 in the country in sacks, right? DJ Durkin's a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, I don't think, he, you know, it would be a tailor-made situation for him because he doesn't really necessarily the guy that goes up there and recruits, and he doesn't have to do that. Him just calling the plays and having the feel of the game, I think it's some, uh, an, an avenue that Nick could go down. Does he go down it? I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me on what Nick does. It, it, it legitimately would not surprise me whatever he does. Um, look, how many times are we going to say Saban's replacing an offense or defensive coordinator and him and him get it right? 
I mean, everybody questioned the Tommy Reese thing, but that was probably still one of his most questionable hires. And I don't know if the results this year are necessarily I, I don't think enough you can dictate to it off quiet that. it. Yeah, I don't think you can yeah. dictate. I mean, look, I got to be real with you, Joe. I thought it was best, the best year that Tommy Reese has ever called. <laughs> I mean, considering the limitations that he had, right, the limitations sure. that they had offensively, and, sure. and they still got to a playoff. Playoff? Yeah. Playoff? No, I, yeah, no, I, I, I still think the, you know, it remains to be seen if Tommy Reese takes that next step as the coordinator, the offensive coordinator. But uh, yeah, no, defensively, there's just, there's so many options. There's not, a, there's only a couple of programs in the country and especially Alabama that has their pick to steal whoever they want. I doubt that they really go and steal like a sitting defensive coordinator. I think more likely than not, it's going to be somebody that's on the market right now that is an analyst somewhere. Like Jim Leonard's always a possibility who, whose name I saw oh, in an Jim article. Leonard was, uh, being considered for another defensive coordinator job today. Uh, who? Colorado. I hope I'm not. I'm not. I am not joking. I, I hope he doesn't end up in Colorado. I can't. Why are you? Why are you hate Dion so much? I don't hate Dion Sanders. I hate Colorado fans who aren't even football fans. They're all like you LeBron know, fans. Colorado fans. I think that they're Dion fans. No, I think I don't even think there are Deion Sanders fans. I think it's just like got people who like LeBron started following Deion Sanders and they're like, this is cool. He's really flashy and fun and I'm going to follow along and they don't know shit about football and they're just saying fucking nonsense and they get upset when you don't say that they're a top five team in college football. It's, Dude, they really got so mad at us that we did not say that they were going to make the playoff. Yeah, you you're realistic and you're called a uh you know you're called some horrible things. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, we got called some very strong I, opinionated words. I'm telling you this right now. I'm we're spending as little time as possible talking about Colorado this offseason. That is the oh, that is my New Year's no. resolution. It's not it's not their fault that people were idiots in our comments. Until they win something, I'll uh, you know they they got to earn it. I'm talking about Colorado. You can. I'll just sit and listen. All right. Sounds good. Whatever Saban decides, Saban decides. I, I think he'll make a good hire nevertheless. Yep. All right. We will see you guys again soon. Y'all have a good night. Don't look. Off season's here, man. Off season's here. I hate every second of it, Joe. Yeah. By the way, I'm still mad at EA Sports. Still furious. Yeah, what the F? What, 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 the, what the F was that, man? Uh. Sickening. We'll see y'all soon. Peace.